Hello, everyone, and welcome to the L2 Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Cartelli, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Luca Moya. How you doing on this fine Wednesday night, Luca? I'm good. So trying to recoup from our uh, our golf match, but uh, everything it's going well. I'm, I'm actually really tired, to be completely honest. Yeah, we're doing, we do these late now. Yeah, we do. We do. Really, really it. late. But uh, yeah, about that match, man. It, you know what? I, I started off well, and then, you know, you just can't play consistent uh, through 18 holes. That's just what it is. It, it was, it was, I'd have to give both of our teams credit. It was a slow played match because the course was so backed up. Oh, so my you, goodness. You couldn't yeah. really get into a groove. And so we get to the first tee, and Luca and Mateo, they take the first hole from me and my brother. And we were, we were surprised because we came in heavily favored. And I'm like, we're getting sandbagged, Anth. Like, I think we're actually getting sandbagged. You actually thought that, honestly. I honestly did. I'm like, there's no, like, you said that you can't hit a drive straight. And Mateo's like, I haven't golfed in how many weeks? And then you bomb a, a drive straight down the fairway. And me and both my brother put it on the side in the rough. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. We're going to lose this. And we, I think we were tied through the through the front nine and then on that back nine i think the ten. front nine was yeah it was three three or four three you guys I think you know it was two two it. it was two two oh was it okay yeah see it was okay. two two and then my brother just started your brother us took off over. on the back your nine. brother uh, your brother single-handedly just became your par four hole 10 he hits a five iron cuts a hill one shot on the green puts it five feet, maybe four feet from the, from the pin. And he sticks it for the Eagle. And then it was just downhill for you guys from there. As yeah. We just no, cause turned we, it on. we're like, we're like, man, you, you know, when it went downhill, it was, it was that shot. Cause I'm like, man, this guy literally didn't even see the hole. Yeah. You couldn't see it. Cause we were at the bottom it. of the hill. Yeah. And you were like, okay, you know, I was like, I'm just going to aim for there. And then he, he lands it like literally like seven yards, probably. Mm-hmm. To the it pin. was close. It was an and easy putt. The hole before that, I hit an unbelievable drive, and we're all like, oh, mint. And it lands in the water. Like, in I the thought water. I cleared it. And then your brother goes and clears it. We're like, okay. Mateo's going, like, Mateo's was, like, in the forest, so we had to, like, like shoot it, like, in really, like, tall green. And we actually hit it pretty well. Your brother shanks it. We're like, oh, this is perfect. Lucas grabs that three wood and smacks it onto the green. I'm like, you've <laughs> got to be kidding me. It just wasn't happening. Like, one of you guys would always have a solid shot and you know, your short game is so much better than ours was. And I think that probably was the difference. Like you guys would get an easy up and down where we would take probably an extra shot. Mm-hmm. And that's hey. that one time I chipped it in that I was going nuts. Yeah. Uh, you had a nice <laughs> chip in for birdie yeah. there. Uh, it was a fun time. It was a fun match. Great Good day. Yeah. Um, and we're going to have more of that kind of stuff coming up in the future. Maybe a little hockey, basketball, football, even baseball. Uh, Andrew Anopoulos, who backed out of this golf match because he yes. was a little scared to play Luca and Mateo. He said he was <laughs> all for the home run derby. Okay, um, okay. So we're, we're going to get more of that stuff on. But now to the podcast and real sports. And um, we got a big show here. As always, we are going to wrap up the Blue Jays season. We're going to look at uh, NFL week four and then preview our marquee matchups uh, for week five. Blue Jays, Luca, uh, they fell short on uh, on sunday they crushed the baltimore orioles and i was actually watching the game uh when devers hit that home run in the ninth against washington and because uh, i was doing my nhl draft 
at my buddy's house and I'm watching it. I'm like, put on this game. I need to watch it. I put it on one batter before Devers and he absolutely unloads it to center. Mm-hmm. And it just, my heart just dropped. I'm like, this Blue Jays team was, it, it felt special. It, it, it really did. Like that 2015 team had a run, but this team, they really had everything going for them. And if we, I personally think if we made it to that wild card game, we would have beat Boston. We would have yeah. beat the Yankees. And there was a little conspiracy I kept seeing on social media where the Rays purposely blew that game on Sunday. So they didn't have to play the Blue Jays because out of those three teams in the American League East, I don't think any team wanted to play the Blue Jays because they were just so hot. Their bats mm-hmm. were hot. Their pitching was hot. So, hey, there's always next year, but there are a lot of question marks going into this offseason. But before we get into that, Luca, what was your biggest takeaway from this season? Um, I think they did a phenomenal job late in the year fixing up their pitching. I, I thought, you know, that was a big question mark for both of us and, and for a lot of uh, Blue Jays fans or baseball fans. Does Toronto have what it takes pitching-wise to get it done? Because we knew their offense was going to be great. Uh, we knew it was going to be um, near the top of the league. But going into this, like, if you look at our, our Jays uh, preview going into the year, mm-hmm. like the starters – was just like it was Ryu as the ace. Ryu, we were talking about not even making the rotation in the playoffs. Yeah, we were even right? skeptical about Ray making the rotation. Yeah, we're like, oh, does Ray get it? Yeah, maybe Ray goes in. Maybe Trent Thornton, maybe if he sneaks in there. TJ Zoic, you were a fan of. You were, mm-hmm. that, was, that was your third like, stripling, right? So uh, we also thought maybe Nate Pearson would would develop. And little did we know, we had Al Manoa come up, and he was a stud. Uh, Matt's was great. Obviously they traded from Barrios and it was just Robbie Ray, obviously, you know, having that Cy Young uh, year. So I, I think the rotation exceeded expectation. That's why, that's why I think me and you really wanted them to go in because they were hot and like, you don't know, especially about pitchers, if they can keep it up. Like if you're young or like even Robbie Ray, like, well, we've never seen this from Robbie Ray. Can he do it again? I don't know. There's no facts to show that, that he will do it again. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think it was so important for them to make it this year. Hopefully they can, they can do it again, but I would say that. And then, and then they go and they acquire uh, Simber. And then uh, I think they acquired Richards too. Yeah, they did from the yeah, Brewers. They, went, they, they went ill and uh, you know, they got hand. Okay. You know, he, he didn't exactly live up to the billing, but they tried to get players, um, especially pitching wise to really help this, this team and I thought they did a great job at doing that. And you got to give the Blue Jays credit; they were aggressive. They got the right pieces they needed, and they missed out by a game. Mm-hmm. Now, have this team for a full year, barring any you know crazy injuries. You know, we're looking at a potential hundred win team here. Yeah, and and that's where that's where my biggest takeaway is: is that this team is was one of the most resilient Jays teams I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. They played in three different home ballparks this year. George Springer, their big offseason signing, played 20 games in the first half and lit it up in the first half. And then it was gone. He was gone. And and this team just kept, they just kept coming and coming. And also a big storyline I wanted to look at there was how, and you said it, I think on last podcast, was how much games in April, May, and June matter in September. If you look at that four game stretch, where mm-hmm. the games were blown by by Chatwood, um, 
by the bullpen where we're up on Boston in the ninth or in the eighth, and we end up losing that game because of the struggles uh, from the pin. So having those games back, even half the bullpen losses that we had, and it just could have been so different. And George Springer made a great point too. He's like, you never really, you never, you always look at the games where uh, we lost and could have won, but you don't look at the games where we, we were should have lost, but we won. You know what? Mm. So yeah, no, this Jays team's resilient, point. and and I really hope they can bring back Simeon or Ray. And and that transitions into my next question. These guys had unbelievable years. I think Simeon's going to be third in the MVP race. Ray is probably going to win the Cy Young Award because he pitched unbelievable in August and, and September, and his stats really just show it after Lance Lynn of the White Sox uh, went down with injury. My question to you is, Luca, and we again, we've had this conversation already, but I think it changes week to week, and now that they're in the offseason, is it Simeon for you, or is it Ray? I'm going to go first and say I changed my mind from we need Robbie Ray to I think we need Marcus Simeon on this team. I watched Bo's uh, po- uh, uh, what's it called? Press interview, conference. press conference, um, and what Simeon meant to him as like a leader, as a mentor in that infield, I, I think is irreplaceable. And plus the 45 home runs, what you're not going to find a second baseman on the free agent market that's going to hit 45 home runs because no other second baseman has ever done that in their hist- in Major League yeah, history. It's true. Yeah. 100 RBIs, uh, guys that make, he makes little errors. He's a leader in the, in the, in the clubhouse in the dugout, on the field. I think he's irreplaceable. The thing where I kind of transitioned from Robbie Ray is watching Garrett Cole uh, last night in the wildcard game. Garrett Cole signed a 320-something million dollar deal with the, with the Yankees and hasn't lived up to that. Yeah, you can put in the, the sticky stuff. Uh, he was a sticky stuff pitcher, and that kind of changed his game because he can't get that spin on the ball, that spin rate, and he's kind of had to adjust to that. And that's why he hasn't been that good. It's all a conspiracy, but can Robbie Ray do this again? I think having Simeon is more of a, a sure thing than Robbie Ray next year. Cause yeah, he's 30. Yeah. I think he's going to, he's going to be 31 next year. Uh, he's probably going to be asking for a three, four year deal. I think you're going to get more out of Marcus Simeon. And he's going to have a bigger impact on your team as a whole in that young core than Robbie Ray does. I want both back on the team. Don't get me wrong, but if I had to choose one, Marcus Simeon's my guy. Well, I, I remember, you know, going into the year, I I, I didn't even see the Simeon news. And, and I was, you know, you can go back uh, to our episodes. I, I thought at the time it was phenomenal signing. Um, this is a guy who was... I think third in MVP voting, you know, in 2019. And then obviously the COVID year. So the last full season we saw from him, he was MVP voting. He's going to be an MVP voting again. So this guy's no slouch here. Okay. So we've seen it twice now. Um, and, you know, even in the other years uh, in, in Oakland, you know, he, he, he was still a, a pretty good hitter. Uh, you know, as you get older, especially in baseball, it's probably the longest sport to develop. Like yeah. guys, guys hit their price, unless you're Tatis or, you know, Bo or Vladdy or, or Acuna or Soto or all these, these, you know, wonder kids. 
a lot of times, you know, guys don't hit their peak till like 28, 30, because they're getting called up at like 25, 26, right? So um, I think Simeon's definitely in his prime now. And I would, I, I would agree with you. I think Simeon is the more valuable piece just because he plays all 162 games. Like he literally plays every single night. He's going to get three, four ABs every single night. And so Robbie Ray, yeah, he's, he's going to pitch what meant 30 games, which pitching is the most important you know, aspect of the game. But Simeon has a, a more chances to change the game and be more valuable to the Jays because he's playing every night. And like you said, I think leadership is something that not a lot of people talk about in all sports that could go a long way. Like you could not tell me Bo Bichette didn't have a good year because of Marcus. Like Marcus Simeon had a huge part to do with that. Mm-hmm. There's no telling. We'll never know now, but there's no telling if Simeon didn't come, if Bichette would have this great of a year. And his success rubs off on the rest of the team and it makes them believe. Like if we don't have a guy like Simeon this year, when Springer's out for all of those games, who's the guy to pick him up? And I think Simeon did a great job of that, and that's the big reason why the Jays were in a playoff race after they were blowing so many games, after we said countless times they're not making the playoffs, they're too inconsistent, and they turned it on. So I think I agree with you. I think Simeon should be the, the go-to guy. Um, but the question is now, like, I, they do have – I don't know if you've listened to Ross Atkins' uh, presser, um, his press conference, but he did say he has the backing of the ownership – and uh, of the of the organization in terms of the payroll and yeah. money. So he's got the money to resign both is basically what he's saying. He would love to resign both. I think everybody would love, you know, the, the whole clubhouse would love them to resign both. But I think if you had to pick, I'd go with Marcus Simeon because like we saw, and I, I mentioned it before, you can have gems come out of nowhere like Alec Manoa this year. Yep. That just help your rotation. And so – Pitcher, it's tough. I think it's hard. What would you say? You think it's harder to be – I think it's harder to have more success like for 10 years as a pitcher than 10 years as a hitter. Yeah, because you only see it and how many – there's so many pitchers in Major League Baseball and you only see it from a select few. Like there's only one Marcus Scherzer or Justin Max Verlander. Scherzer, yeah. Max Scherzer, pardon me. Uh, Justin mm-hmm. Verlander. You can throw back Randy Johnson. Like those types of guys, they dominated their their aspect because they were so consistent. Robbie Ray uh, has been in the big leagues for a long time, and he's just finding it right now. Maybe that's Pete Walker, Pete Walker's ability, because uh, we've seen him help so many pitchers, especially on this Jay staff, uh, Berrios, Mats, etc. Um, I think that's going to be a good bargaining chip for Ray. Also, like he's a two pitch pitcher, like fastball slider. Like how how effective but is so that going to be? Though. Yeah, but Manoa has he has like two different fastballs and two yeah, different sliders, and, and he's still young and he can develop. Like, do you think mm-hmm. Robbie Ray in the offseason can develop a third pitch? Like, how is that going to play? How good is yeah. it going to be next year? Um, and w- again, Manoa is still a question mark going into next year. We always say, I think it's like the L two Sports line is let's see you do it in your second and third year to see how, uh, how good you are. Um, quickly, as we wrap up the Jays here, your off-season checklist, one, two, and three, what do the Jays need to get done this off-season? Hmm. Okay, well, one would be to re-sign the... Uh, re-sign the one, one or both of those two, one, Simeon one or Ray. One or both. Okay, um, agreed. 
Well, agree. Yeah, I would. I would love a go-to hold-up, like setup guy. Like okay. they always like like they go like back and forth. Like Richards is was kind of like that guy, I guess, out of the pen this year, like late in the year. But I, I would love like a a prime like Dylan Batonsis mm-hmm. <laughs> or someone an like eighth that. inning guy, a yeah, seven eighth, eighth inning guy. guy comes in seventh eighth inning. Because how many times do we see our pitchers this year go six seven innings, but then they lose the game between seven to eight or yeah. six to eight. I, I would love a guy in between there to do it. Um, and then there's all this talk about the third base. I, I thought Espinal and Valera were, f- were great. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I would go be spending my money, especially, you know, for Kevin um, coming back, we'll see what he can do. But I think those are the two main things because depth wise, I think they're very good. Mm-hmm. Like Kevin's so versatile. Espinal so versatile. I think those right now, I don't really know if I have a third, like, Okay, maybe maybe get another bat. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say that for my third. Maybe uh, like I, a nice lefty, but Dickerson I, was fine. But, but I agree yeah. with you on the first two. Like one sign one or two, Ray or Simeon, uh, two fix the bullpen because mm-hmm. I think that's gonna go a long way as well. Because Ross Atkins also confirmed that Charlie Montoya will be the manager uh, yes. for the next upcoming season. Mm-hmm. Um, that's gonna go a long way uh, for I guess helping us Blue Jays fans, Blue Jays media with believing in Charlie Montoyo. Uh, you look at Aaron Boone, Aaron Boone as a Yankees uh, manager, uh, they were calling for his head uh, earlier in the season, fire Boone, fire Boone. His bullpen comes out of nowhere. And if he can manage it and we've seen Charlie uh, still hasn't been proven because he hasn't had that solid bullpen. If he has a solid bullpen, I guarantee you we'll probably have very little problem with Charlie Montoyo because if he manages it properly and he has guys who he can rely on in six, seven, eight, nine to get through games, not just romantic, like a certain amount, maybe two or three more other guys he can rely on. We'll have a different opinion on Charlie Montoyo. And for three, I think we need more bench depth, i.e. lefties. We need more left-handed batters, switch hitter or left-handed batters, either in the outfield or in the infield. I agree with you on the on the Espinal at third base. Me and Andrew have had multiple conversations where if you have Espinal going two for four, one for three at the bottom of your order, getting a single every night and making defense. Uh, I heard a quote on the radio saying uh, Espinal is like the go to the fridge guy because when the ball's hit to him, he's like, "All right, you know it's an out. I'm gonna go get a. I'm gonna go get something in the fridge." Yeah, he's that yeah. good on defense. But I've also yeah, heard that's rumors. A good analogy. I've never heard of We're going to talk about this in the later in the later weeks as more things come out. Jose Ramirez, Kyle Seager, third base. Jose Ramirez is a is a short uh switch hitter. Kyle Seager is a left-handed bat. I don't want to get into it right now cuz we have to move on to the NFL, but we're just we're just feeling it talking. out here. We're just, we're just talking. talking. We're hearing yeah, rumors, yeah. uh different trade uh, options. So we'll get into that uh, as the offseason progresses, but what a Jays year i at least we got to see some games you know what i mean i got to go to three you got to go to one sorry they lost they won a couple big ones for me uh just make sure you stay home next season and we'll be good if i see i don't even know now if i could say oh maybe i'll go early in the year because we know like yeah we'll go to a couple april games against like baltimore and maybe they'll pull out a dub and you'll get the record back a win i told you all year a win in may it counts the same as a win in september and I hope it's a lesson everybody's saying 
when me and you, I know, I know you're like me. When we get pissed at, in game number three when they blow the lead, I'm like, oh, it's the third game of the year. I hope people realize now why. Yeah, why we're getting. Like, why we we're look getting at every so game as because when you're every a playoff team, game. when you're a team that is bound for a World Series or trying to make that next step to a World Series caliber team, yeah. these games matter because yeah. look at what happens when you go to September and every single game you're either two games out of a wild card or you're two games up in a wild card spot. Yeah. It, yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, football, baby. Week four, another great week in the NFL, and I can't believe it's already week five uh, that know. we're getting. <laughs> it's just going by like this. Uh, the big game, we talked about it last week, uh, the Patriots, they lose to the Bucks. Tom Brady's homecoming, 19-17, to 17, and it was kind of like a storybook kind of game, a rainy night, cold night in New England. Brady comes back versus Belichick. Uh, the game really wasn't like as advertised. Like everyone's like, this is going to be the greatest NFL game in history. And it was like a 19 to 17 game. Brady didn't even throw a touchdown. And um, yeah, so yeah. Um, the weather, I think, had a bit of a factor. Yeah, it had a bit of a factor, but nonetheless, good game plan. Yeah. Belichick uh, is. Bill Belichick. So we, he, he knew what he was getting into with Tom Brady. Uh, yeah. What I really just wanted to, to ask your opinion on was the Brady Belichick exchange at the end, because to yeah. me, when I, I watched it a couple times on social media, it, it was a little quick, <laughs> a, little? Was a little quick for, uh, for guys who spent 20 years winning seven Super Bowls together. Him and Josh McDaniels exchange was longer. Yeah, they were they were hugging it out all all, all the whole time. But yeah, then him Bill Matthew, Belichick was a quick yeah. dab up, and they they dipped. Him and Matthew Judon, who never played together, had a longer conversation. But you know what I found so funny? They were saying, like on Instagram, if you saw like the exchange, they put it in slow mo, and it was still five seconds. Like it was still so That's fast. crazy because he went in there, got up. But I but the reports were. You know how he is. Like, I think it was because I don't know now. Like, I, I don't know because I, I haven't physically seen it. I don't think anybody has seen it, but they talked after the game in the locker room. So maybe he was just like, because I heard what you said. He goes, Yeah, I'll see you. Eh? Yeah, yeah, you too. And that was it. That, 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 that was, that was the it. Exchange. That, that was it. So I think he was just basically saying, Okay, hey, listen, like, you know, we're going to meet up after the game. Let's not do this here because you know how Belichick is. Now, Brady, mm-hmm. he'd stay out there and he'll talk to you, whatever. Yeah, right? like he was talking to all of his teammates, all of his former coaches. But I think Belichick was just like, "Hey, listen, we're talking to each other later. Let's not make this a big thing." Good game. It was. It was. It was. It was really quick. Um, I just feel like there's gonna be when Brady eventually retires, there's gonna be like a documentary on. There's this supposed whole thing. to be a documentary this year on the yeah on, on the, all on all the seven on the six Super or Bowl whatever wins, yeah, whatever it was on Brady. Well, like I just want to hear like. Like, you remember, like, that Kobe and Shaq, like, interview where they sat down yeah. and they talked everything great... out? That would be pretty cool. So, but... you think if you had to pick any two combinations in sports, would that be the number one you'd want to see and sit down for? Okay, so that would be think? a cool That'd be a cool football one because, like, it's the greatest quarterback and the greatest mm-hmm. coach. You know what I mean? And their differences yeah. and there's so much, uh, like, beef or, like, speculated beef between them. Um, I don't know one for hockey. What would be one you would want to see for hockey? What I would want to see for hockey? Like we just, we saw the Kobe, we saw the Kobe Shaq one. There was one with Durant and uh and Dray- maybe, and Draymond Green. Maybe like a flurry in the Pens management. Oh. Maybe. 
I don't know if that's no, really, but that's that's not like two, it's got to be like two. Yeah, it's got to be like two players, and I, but like I just don't feel I don't like know, I don't remember the last time like a player like like snaked their team. Like if, if Matthews went to Arizona, hundred percent. No, but like I'm just saying, but like that that would hundred percent. He's like that that would be amazing. Matthews is not going to Arizona. Why would he no. go to Arizona? He's not going. To I don't know. I'm just staying with Toronto. Bad. They're gonna pay him forty five million dollars a year. And that's that. And we're never going to have a Stanley Cup. Um, yeah. I don't want to talk about that. We're going to get to that at the end of the show because we got some some big news at the end of the show. Maybe Brad Marchand, Ryan Callahan. Maybe he gets a little lick in there. Oh, gosh. There's not... <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, let's do our marquee matchups here. Yeah. Oh, so um, how did I do last week? You have them yeah, right down. I have them right here. I have them right here. I have them right here. I think I so, did pretty well, I thought. We I both know. picked the Bucks. Yeah. That's that's a tie. I picked Seattle. I picked we, Seattle as well. You picked Seattle as well. Wow. You picked the Chargers and I picked Las Vegas. So you you take the lead on that one. And then uh, I picked I the Rams. You beat me. You beat me right. this week. You took Arizona and I took the Rams. Wow. Oh my goodness. I needed I, a big comeback week. I I think I went 0 4 in like week one. Or yeah, week you two. did. You did. I beat you last week. So yeah. I think we're, what are we, 2-2 two, two now? Yeah, 2-2. We're 2-2. Two, two. Um, before we get on to that, since we're talking about the Rams and Arizona, Kyler Murray's been impressive. Yeah, yeah. Only undefeated team. Nolan has him for the cover four MVP already. What are your thoughts on Kyler Murray? Well, I, I, I think right now he, he's the MVP front runner for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, only undefeated team left. Can't say they haven't beaten good competition. Like they just beat the Rams. Just beat the Rams, right? And uh, it's a divisional game too. So it was like an even. You can make the case it was a, it was an even tougher game um, than people give it credit for. And it was on the road. So I mean, for sure, four and zero. And he's a big reason. Why, like, like, like if they were winning like 10-3 every game. And you're four and zero, then okay. But this guy's throwing, running, throwing, doing running, everything, doing everything. Yeah. And so defense has been impressive. He's got yeah. weapons. Um, Seattle, Arizona looks good, man. Seattle beat San Francisco, which yeah. I was really surprised by. In San Francisco, which they've done, you like you said, time and the ro- the road teams just win. They just win. I don't and, know why. And your Dallas Cowboys, they're looking, they're looking yeah, they're, good. They're looking very good. Uh, very, very, they just actually released a linebacker. I don't mm-hmm. know if you, if you saw. I saw Smith. because it's Signed all over my it's all over my Seahawks page. They're like, Signed we should sign uh, Stefan Gilmore. We uh, I forgot to bring up. What happened yeah. there? Yeah, I don't know. Bill just does build things, you know. Well, Bill's <laughs> like, you're not signing for the money I want to give you. See, no, yeah, no, that's literally it. Like, you could be like, what? Well, he was, I was defensive really player say, of the year two years ago. I was really gonna say you could be Tom Brady. He doesn't care. It's true. Like he does not care who you are. If you don't want to restructure your deal for the better of the team, and you know what I don't understand with Bill, like when Brady was taking all those pay cuts and people were saying, "Oh, you know, Brady's on such a good deal to keep the team together," and like Danny Amendola was taking pay cuts, right? Like, where's the rest of the money? Like, I, I actually don't know where the rest of the money is. What like, do you mean? I, it's spread out between like their okay, D line, their guy, O line. But, but, okay, but when you look at the Patriots, right? Don't you see in the news this guy take a pay cut? This guy take a, who are they taking pay cuts for? 
Yeah, you're. Like, that's what I want to like. For I gotta Robbie Kraft. That's who they're yeah, taking right. the pay. <laughs> no, seriously, the so no lineman. Like, they're I actually, way under the cap. He's not spending. He's not spending a lot of money on our no, team. No, no. But he, uh, you know what? I, I think it's for the Patriots' sake. Like J.C. Jackson is just so much better than they probably expected, and he's kind of taking over that cornerback one role. And he was, you know, he was threatening to hold out. He wanted a new contract make some money going into free agency next year, free up some space. It, it was interesting because, I mean, why not just keep him for one year and then come out at the end of the year? Yeah. If you really wanted the money, but I guess they wanted to get something for him. And he went to Carolina. He was reporting. Great pickup for them. Great, yeah, great, great pickup pick for, for them. Um, Marquee matchups. Let's get her going. Seattle okay. and the Rams are back in it. Uh, divisional oh. game, Thursday nighter. Rams favored by two and a half. Who you got here? I got Seattle. Yep, so do I. It's at home. Seattle. That's just L and L, baby. Um, Browns at the Chargers. Chargers favored by one and a half. I'm taking the Browns on this one. Are you going against Justin Herbert again? Again, I'm. Dude, my nun knows a Browns fan. He's watched every game this year. He's been giving me theories on the Browns. Their defense is unbelievable, and I just don't think Justin Herbert's gonna be. uh, He's gonna handle the that too well. So I'm going Browns. Going Chargers. I'm sticking on the train. Because your I'm buddy sticking. Mateo is a Chargers fan, and you just just want to. No, well, I said it before the year started. No, you love Justin Herbert. Uh, you know, you know what's funny? Um, I didn't like him coming out. No, I I know we didn't. I remember in our draft special. I was like, nah, you know, like, why they gotta go to a? You gotta go to a. I'll live up to it. I'll take it right on the chin. I I, I didn't think <laughs> it was better. <laughs> I did. But you know what? Herbert's we thought Tua really was better even after getting hip surgery. Yeah, that was really and, and after he had a, like a world class track team around him. Yeah, uh, you know, so so tough one. Whatever, that's a tough. It's one. okay. We we take those. We move we, on. We move on <laughs> exactly. Um, Bills at KC. KC fared by two and a half. I got the Bills. You got the Bills, eh? You got the Bills on the road taking down the fraud in this house. I'm gonna take the Bills. As Josh well. Allen time. Really? I'm taking the Bills against KC. Eh? Okay. And um. New York Giants at the Cowboys. I think it's easy. That's your marquee matchup, eh? I couldn't find another one. What's another one? There's Cardinals 49ers. Cardinals 40. I know, but I I know, I, but we do a lot of NFC NFC. And West that's why I didn't want to do another NFC yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. NFC no, I, West I respect, game. Yeah. What about Pats in Houston? What a banger that's gonna be. <laughs> I was looking at that too. I'm like, I think this is gonna be no, no. I just no. saw the Cowboys. They're doing yeah, well. They're well, favored by seven, so we're gonna go. The, Cow- Cowboys. the Cowboys haven't lost to the Giants since 2017. I'm pretty sure. And they're at home, divisional yeah, game. So I just no, picked no. it. Dallas should pump them. Even the Monday nighter it was like Colts and Baltimore. I was you, know like, what, you know, it's a fun game too. Packers and Bengals. That 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 could be pretty fun. You want to do that game? No, no, we did four. We did four. four. Okay, we'll stick to Um, four. But that's a fun game. Wraps up this week's edition of the L2 Sports Podcast. But we have a special announcement for you guys. This is a a two-show week. It is. This is a two-show week. Um, This Saturday, we're doing the weekend shift. Look at that, Mm -hmm. the grind. We're up at 12 o'clock at night doing this pod, and we're also working weekends. Um. Hockey is back on Tuesday. The so regular have, season kicks off on Tuesday. Huge hockey preview. Hockey there. preview coming out around on the weekend, Sunday or Saturday afternoon, depending mm-hmm. when we finish. But yeah, yep. Yep. hockey's back and I'm fired up. 
Because are the, you fired up? I'm actually fired up because I miss hockey. I Me and my it. friends have been talking. This is where we go on our little rant. So if you guys want to tune out now, tune out. But we, this is the conversation I was having with my friends today. And I actually just got a text before we came on to record this. Crosby, Matthews, Dreisaitl. Okay? Okay. Start, bench, cut. Crosby, Matthews. So bench means he's going to be on your bench, right? He's, he's on your bench, yeah. He's a bench guy. So it's probably like it's probably like one of those things like yeah honestly yeah like he he doesn't play but like if your guy gets hurt okay so for example like I I went start Sid bench Matthews cut dry sidle is what I did and then it, it like I guess the bench means if Sid gets hurt you have Matthews or something I don't know because in hockey you're always rotating you know what I mean okay so like start basketball. bench cut I'm gonna go start Matthews bench Sid cut Leon okay so similar. Similar. Did you see um, the uh, TSN's top fifty list? Yeah, uh, it was Crosby. Did you like it? What was it? Crosby was at it? nine. Crosby at nine. Yeah, Matthews oh, was at three, and McKinnon was at four. Was who was at two? Drysital. I'm pretty sure. I'm looking, no, no, I'm, it was McKinnon at two. Matthews right at three. Yeah, Matthews at three. McKinnon at two. Oh, and then see, I I don't think Kucherov gets him enough love. He's at four. You know who's no. disrespected on this list? Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand. You knew I was going to say it, and you know it's true. I know it's true. Brad Marchand, baby. I'm look- All the way down there at 11? Where do they post it? I'm looking. I'm looking. Instagram's like, taking a while to load. I'll here. tell you the top 10 here. I'll, I'll, t- I'll give you the top 10 here. McDavid, McKinnon, Matthews, Kucherov, Dreisaitl, Vasilevsky, Hedman, Panarin, Sid, and Barkov. Yeah, I agree with that. That's, you do? Sounds, sounds pretty good, yeah. Obviously, like it depends on your on, like, yeah, opinion, on what you like, like in a player. Yeah, that top, that top, that top ten, I would think, yeah, it's top. Braden 10. Point at thirteen. Some notables here: Braden Point at thirteen, Kale McCarr at twelve over Pasternak, Marner sixteen, Ovi seventeen. Hey, if the young guys have taken over, Lucas, there's no more of the days where me and you are saying Crosby and McDavid, Crosby and David. It's we not. really did live in the golden era of sports, though, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Like, we're not talking about that anymore. We're Every talking about McDavid. Sport. We're talking about Cooch. We're talking about Dreisaitl, Matthews. That's McKinnon. We're talking about these guys now. Sorry, Crosby. Like, dude, Crosby, like, he's still a fantastic player, Luca. Don't get me wrong. But he's on the back nine. He's maybe on the 14th, 15th hole here. He's on the back nine at the Ryder Cup where you just start going downhill like I did on Saturday. Eh? I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm just going to spit out my fantasy team on air. Because we, we still got a little bit of time. And okay. Luca, I think I took a I I I was I you know how nervous I get around these drafts. Yeah. And I, sometimes I have some big screw ups. But this what I pick was, did you have before? I had we... the ninth pick. Out of 10. Okay. I had the ninth pick out of 10. And I think I took, I did my research. I listened to podcast after podcast. Oh, read I some can't stuff. Just, I it's had gonna books. be some random name. Listen to Here this team. Go. Braden Point. At nine. No, this is not in order. This oh, is just my team. You're not going to give me the order? Oh, my gosh. Now I have to look for it. Okay, give what do you mean? Go to draft and then go to yeah, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. Okay, ready? Braden Point's a good start, though. Yeah. Patrick Kane. At nine. Okay. At nine. Okay. I was looking for Brad. Brad was going to be my first pick. I'm like, I need a Boston guy. What about Pasternak? He was and, gone? Oh, he's gone. He, he was like sixth. 
So, uh, okay. Uh, Patrick Kane, Braden Point, mm-hmm. Darcy Kemper, Tyson Berry, Nikolai Ehlers, Aaron Ekblad, Tyler Sagan, Elia Sorokin, Taylor Hall. That was my Boston guy. Oh, I'm yeah. like, I needed Taylor. Drew so Doughty, good. Brian Rust, Tony D'Angelo, Tyler Toffoli, Sean Couturier, TJ Oshie, Peter Morazic, and Jacob Slavin with my last pick. Not bad. I thought take those. Out, of, out of like the draft and the teams that I saw, I think I did pretty well. Braden Point's going to have a great year. Tyler Sagan, fully healthy Dallas team. Sagan is, is, the, is a huge question mark. I know. We'll talk I about know. that on Saturday. We're not going to get too into it. but He was a huge question mark, but he was like the best. I risk high reward though, baby. You know how it goes. I wanted Connor, but I settled for Ehlers because Connor was gone. I needed a Boston guy. I needed Obviously. a Boston guy. Taylor Hall at left wing, Patrick Kane, Ryan Rust. When Crosby comes back, he's playing with freaking Crosby. Yeah. Tyson Berry led all defensemen in points last year. Aaron Eckblad's playing. Yeah. Wow. Dude, he's going to play on the power play with McDavid. You don't think he's going to pass him the puck a couple times? Yeah. Drew Dowdy said he's ready to have a bounce back year. Aaron Eckblad is coming back fully healthy on that big new Florida team. Tony D'Angelo was a good defenseman before he started spitting theories and being a dick to his teammates. Tyler Toffoli was the leading scorer on Montreal last year. Sean Couturier, first line Philadelphia. TJ Oshie's always a Where solid Where is pick. Tony D'Angelo now? He's on Carolina. Wow. You know what? Carolina's done it well. You know, they, they, just, they well. just know. We're going to get into it. Outside. Yeah, we can't get into it now. We You're can't get into it now. I just want to, we already rambled a bit. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this week's episode of the L2 Sports Podcast. And I can finally say you can find this podcast on wherever you get your podcast. Let me list off a couple Every just in case. Just Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. Everybody, please tune in to the L2 Sports. <laughs> That's what it's called. That's the brand. Oh, I got them all man. listed here. Please. Listen up to the L2 Sports Podcast. For Luca Moya, I'm Lucas Critelli, and we'll see you guys on Saturday.